Edmonton. Touchdown, Elks. Welcome into the Joey Moss Suite. It's our home for Antler Up. We appreciate you joining us. And if you're joining us uh, via a download from your favorite podcatcher, thanks for doing that. Don't forget to like, uh, to comment, uh, to subscribe, and hit that share button as well so everybody else finds out about Antler Up. And uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, thanks for that. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe to the Elks YouTube page for all sorts of great elk content. Like. Antler up. Our guest today is Assistant General Manager G. Roy Simon. G. Roy, thanks for your time, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, this is going to be fun. Um, I was looking at your resume, and man, you got a good resume. <laughs> uh, I, I, I can't even, I'm just going to touch on a few things that, that jump out. 15 year playing career, Winnipeg, BC, and Saskatchewan, six time CFL All Star, nine time thousand yard receiver, three time Great Cup champion, number one in receiving yards, number two in receptions. Oh, yeah, you're in the Hall of Fame, too. Uh, that's pretty good. Uh, I, I mean, you came to Canada in 1999, I think yep. it was. I imagine back then you didn't envision that it'd be your home nope. all these years later and you'd be in the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. No, it's funny because when I first came to Canada, I, I just wanted to come and, and play a, a year or two and, and, and get back to the NFL. I never thought that um, I would love Canada so much um, and end up making this my permanent home. Yeah, it's it's funny how that is. That's a story for so many guys, right? They want to get tape, right? They want to get themselves on tape so they can show it to NFL guys. And sometimes the NFL dream works, sometimes it doesn't. But sometimes guys like you and there's a lot of other guys just find a home here and end up staying. Yeah, you know, it, it it's it's funny because you know when you when you first get here, you're just like you said, you're just here to play the game and and get some film and try to get back to the NFL. Um, and then the funny thing happens, you know, you, you get ingrained into, into the community, you start having success on the field. Um, and then you have to, you have to weigh the options of, do I want to go and miss time playing in the CFL to take a shot at the NFL? Or do I want to stay here and just continue to build a legacy? And, um, like, like I said, you're, you're ingrained in in the community, so you don't want to leave that as well. The money's great, obviously in the NFL, but you, like you say, sometimes you get to a point where you you just want to play football, right? You're tired of sitting on practice rosters and you're tired of being released and signed and released and signed and injury buyouts and all that (laughs) stuff. And it gets to a point where you just want to play. Yeah. And that was the main reason why I came to, to Canada in the first place. I'd been on practice squads for two years. I'd been released my rookie year six or seven times in in one year. And then, you know, sitting on a practice squad another year. And so it it had been two years since I'd actually played a game. So um, I just wanted to get on the field and and just show my talent, show all the things that I've been working on. And, um, you know, I had a choice between signing with uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers or signing with the Detroit Lions, and I chose Winnipeg. Hmm. And uh, you went to Winnipeg. Uh, you were there for two years, right? Yeah. You didn't have a full-time role your first couple of years, did you? Or? No, the first year I, I kind of I, I started my first game, but I, I three plays into it, I got hurt. I remember Kurt Schilling coming down on a punt, and they, they just threw me in there to catch punts, and he blew up my thigh, and I was out eight weeks. So then I, you know, I was up and down between practice squad and the active roster until the next year, my second year, is when I really started to have success. Did you know anything about the CFL or about Canada <laughs> or about Winnipeg? When you when you came north, I did not. I did not. I knew about the CFL because um, I played at the University of Maryland, and they had the uh, the Baltimore Stallions there. So I knew a little bit about the CFL. I knew I'd known about Doug Flutie and Warren Moon. So I was I was a big football fan. So um, I knew a little bit about it, but um, I didn't know to the extent of, of obviously what I know now. 
All right, you mentioned the University of Maryland. Uh, football scholarship there, but you're a pretty good basketball, mm-hmm. baseball, and baseball, you're and in track and too, right? Track, yeah. did, did, was there a point where you could have had different paths and you chose football? Yeah, so I. Uh, the funny thing is my favorite sport is actually basketball um, to play. Um, but football just came so naturally to me that I, you know, I couldn't pass up the offers that I was getting. I, w- I had a bunch of small uh, Division One offers for basketball, had a couple for track because I was a 100-meter uh, sprinter, 200, and, and uh, high jumper. Um, and then, you know, I played a little bit of baseball, but, you know, that kind of went by the wayside when I started scoring touchdowns. Um, but, you know, I, 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 wanted to play, I wanted to play college basketball. Then I wa- – I, I'd had a chance to play both at a couple of small schools, but I ultimately chose to, to play football because it came so naturally. And I was, you know, six one and didn't have an inconsistent jumper, so um, I just went with the football option. I'm I'm amazed. Football players really like basketball. It, it seems it, there there really <laughs> seems to be a a relationship between football and basketball because I don't know how many you know Kobe versus Shaq arguments I've heard from football players or Jordan versus yeah. Kobe, whatever the case yeah. may be. Right? Uh, there's a real passion it seems for for basketball for football players. Yeah, you know it, it's funny because in where I'm from in Pennsylvania, you play football during football season and then you don't play in it but you play basketball all year round so you know I play basketball during basketball season and throughout the summer so um I I just I just always played during track I would leave track practice and go play pickup basketball so um it's just I think it's just something for me that um I I just I played all the time and, and played all year round so um I just I just love playing so you've been in Canada for almost 25 years now. Yep. Have you picked up hockey by osmosis yet? No, no. Actually, my uh, where I went to high school, um, we we had a very good hockey team. But I, you know, I'm I'm not any good on skates, and and I don't like the cold. Um, the only time I, I'm in the cold is during football games when I have to be out there. But um, I, I, you know, not not a, not an ice hockey fan. Have you you haven't picked up the, like watching the game? On, oh, I, I watch games. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously living in Vancouver for yeah. 20 years. You would have been there um, when they went to the finals. <laughs> Right? Yeah, so. go to I went to a lot of Canuck games and yeah. and um, also went to a couple junior games, um, but you know just never you know never caught the bug like like most Canadians do. All right, you went from <laughs> uh, Winnipeg to BC as a free agent, right? Yeah, I actually went uh, from Winnipeg. I went to the Kansas City Chiefs and got okay. released, and then I went to BC. Okay, uh, you had uh, you had Pittsburgh and Tampa as well. Pittsburgh, in your NFL Tampa. Resume? Uh, my rookie year, I was with uh, the Bengals first. I went to. Uh, the Pittsburgh, or sorry, I went to Cincinnati, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Tampa all my rookie year. Yeah, wow, that's the released and signed. <laughs> yeah, thing we exactly. Were talking about yeah, exactly. Earlier, right? All right. Uh, so you end up going to BC. Uh, I imagine your first dealings there was with, with Wally Bono, right? No, it was with Adam Rita okay. and Steve Barato. So, um, I, like I said, I got released from the Kansas City Chiefs, and I wanted to go back to Winnipeg, but you know that was the year that they went to the Great Cup. We're on a 12-game winning streak in 2001, um, so they didn't want to mess up their continuity. Then they had a couple young receivers. Ar- Arlen Bruce had come, so they didn't want to change that up. So um, they had me wait, and I just got tired of waiting, so I, I went to BC. And uh, Adam Rita and Steve Barato were there. I had a year, year and a half with them. Um, you know, pretty good seasons, and then Wally came in two thousand three. Yeah. Okay. Who's who's a quarterback in your first year there? Damon Allen. Yeah. Damon okay. Allen. I got That's a, a I got a year stuff. and a half with Damon yeah. Allen, so it was pretty cool to, yeah. to play with them. With him, he's such you know such, such an iconic figure. Obviously, here in in yeah. Edmonton as well, um, a guy that had a ton of success in this league. 
Yeah, for sure. So then you went from Damon Allen to Dave Dickinson. Dave Dickinson. Yeah. And then Travis Lule, or was who was uh, in the Dave Dickinson, Brooke, Buck Pierce, Jarius Jackson, then Travis Lule, uh, Mike Riley was was yeah. was thrown in there a little bit, yeah. but um, yeah. So I I, I played with some very yeah. good quarterbacks in this league. Yeah, you've made some quarterbacks look good. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm talking to them, it might be different, but I'm talking to you too. for sure. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, your time in BC, obviously. That's, you know, you were there for most of your career. Mm -hmm. uh, you won a couple of great cups there. Uh, you're settled there now. Your family was there. Uh, mm -hmm. Just talk about what, what that city and, and, and playing for that organization and then working for them too after you retired, what it meant to you. Yeah, it was, it was, I had a great experience in BC, obviously playing 12 years and playing with, you know, playing for Wally Bono, playing with the, the great teams that, and, and all the great players there, um, multiple Hall of Famers, and we won a ton of games. And, and, and um, it, it was probably the, the best time of my football career. Um, I've had the most fun, obviously won the most games there um, in my career. So, um, but you know, winning, winning the Grey Cup in 2006 with, with that team, it was such a special team. Um, you know, that year we go through all the awards and, and we, we basically sweep all the awards. So that was, that was pretty cool. But then we go and win the Grey Cup that, that, you know, a couple of days later. So um, that was cool. Um, the 2011 team, obviously starting one and seven, um, and and then finding a way to win the West and win the Great Cup at home was was very special. So you know my time in BC was 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 an amazing time. I, I made a lot of uh, great memories, a lot of great friends, some lifelong fr friends that I'll you know have till till the day I die. Um, but it, it was special. It was special, and it and it groomed me. Uh, they groomed me to to be in a position I'm in now, as you know, in the front office and mm -hmm. as a scout and, and doing personnel. 2011, you mentioned one and seven. I think you're like zero and five. Yeah. To start as well, <laughs> yeah. or maybe zero and six. I'm not oh, sure what it was. Yeah. But I, well, we it I was. Think you won your first game here, right? Yeah, we did. I think so. Yeah. I think we came here and and you know it was kind of do or die because it was like if if we don't win, they're basically going to clean house and and we we won and got on a roll and. And then the rest is history. That, that team is basically the poster child for bad starts now. I don't know how much since 2011, every team that gets off to a bad start goes, well, look what BC did in exactly. 2011. Exactly. You, turn, you can turn it around as you <laughs> move on. Sure. And you won it at home, too, which mm -hmm. that's – I think that was the first time it's ever happened, yeah. right? It which, was the first time in a long time, I know, I know And that. then it started a streak of three straight years, yeah. and you were on two of them, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. We'll get to the, the second one in a second. But, but, but winning in Vancouver, uh, that must have been pretty special. Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, you know, to, to have the opportunity like I said, to have the start that we did and then finish the way we finished. Um, and then, you know, have the opportunity to have my family there, um, you know, my extended family. So it was it was a special moment, um, you know, a brand-new BC place that just renovated it, you know, 55,000 fans um, at home. It was, it, was, it was very special. That was the 99th Grey Cup. Yep. Uh, the 100th Grey Cup was in Toronto, and the Argos won that. Yep. Uh, the 101st Grey Cup was in Saskatchewan, and that's the year you were a member of the Saskatchewan <laughs> Rough Riders in yeah. 2013. Uh, compared winning at home in Vancouver and winning at home in Saskatchewan I know a little different probably personally because mm -hmm. you didn't know as many people in Regina you're just there for one year but right. that's a it's a madhouse when they win so I imagine that must have been pretty incredible too yeah you know all playing all, all the years in BC of uh, going to Saskatchewan and, and just seeing the, the way that they support their their team no matter what um, I was always a little bit envious of it. Um, like I said, playing in BC for 12 years, you know, winning all the games, and, and you know, you win a big game, and then you look at the paper the next day, and they have the Canucks on the front page. It's like, 
we're the ones that's winning here. Um, so, you know, having the opportunity to go to Saskatchewan and seeing uh, playing in front of a fan base that, um, that, like I said, they support their team no matter what, whether they're winning, whether they're losing, whether they're indifferent, um, was something that I really wanted. Um, I, I, I really, like I said, I was pretty envious of it and then got the opportunity to play there. I saw the support. I felt the support. Um, and, you know, to win the Great Cup there was something that was really special because that team was – brought together to win that great cup and and um we found a way to, to to pull it out i think they went a little over the salary cap that year didn't they a little bit <laughs> probably uh, um you were traded there right yep. <clears throat> were you in on it did you know or did it catch you by surprise because i know a lot of a yeah. lot of guys in your position get to kind of pick and choose where yep. they they want to go so i want to were you in on it and did you know going into the season that that was your last season yeah so um when after the 2012 season, I, you know, I talked to Wally like I always did, and and you know, we talked about whether I'm coming back or not. Usually, it's a quick conversation where it's a yes. Um, but after that season, he he said he didn't know. He didn't know because I got I got injured for the first time. Um, I didn't have a thousand yards, and you know, some other young guys uh, stepped up and 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 played well. So. Um, we we haggled back and forth on a contract offer, and and I said, you know what, I'm not playing for less than this because I knew what I meant not, not only to the team but to the organization and the fan base that I said, you know, this is my number. If you can't get to it, then, you know, let me seek a trade, and, and he let me. Um, at the time, Brendan Taman, who brought me into the CFL, was with Saskatchewan as the GM. We were still really good friends. I made one call, and he said he would trade for me. Um, it took Wally a little bit of um, convincing to, to make it happen. Um, I don't think he thought I would leave, but I had the deal done in you know mid December, but I didn't get traded until January. Um, and you know going into the season, I wasn't sure if it was going to be my last year. I had an idea, but they gave me a two year deal just in case. Um, but you know it was it was a year by year thing. There's something pretty cool though, being having the kind of career you had and. In your last game, you win the Great Cup. I know Henry Burris did it. <laughs> yeah, uh, you did it in 2013. <clears throat> yep. Did you know that day? Did you know walking off the field after you won it in I, 2013? I wasn't quite sure because I felt like I still had a little bit of gas left in the tank. I, I could probably play um, maybe a half a season and then help coach and transition into the scouting and, and personnel. And that's the reason why I originally went to Saskatchewan, not only to play that last season, but I knew that once I was finished, I was going to, you know, try to go into scouting or coaching or, or some something in the front office. Um, and I knew that Brendan would give me that opportunity. So it was more than just me going to play there. Um, but, you know, leaving, um, you know, winning the Grey Cup in 2013, I wasn't sure if I was going to come back. We had some uh, internal conversation. They had in con some conversation. And then later in about April, we made a decision that I wasn't coming back. There was talk of me going back to BC and playing a half a year. But then I said, you know what, I had a great career. I, you know, um, I, you know, did everything that I wanted to do. And, and I just figured that the training wasn't, um, it, it wasn't worth me trying to, you know, train for six months and then, and then go back out there and try to play for a, for a half season. I always imagine for athletes that making that decision is awful hard to, to decide when <clears throat> I'm going to stop. Yeah. Was it easy for you? Because, I mean, you didn't have any more boxes to check. You right. pretty much done everything right. at that point, right? Was it a tough decision? It wasn't a tough decision because, like, um, you know, I'd played for – you know, 17 years professionally. Um, and then probably my last five years of my career, I started, you know, doing things outside of football to, to 
basically prepare myself to to be able to walk away and you know to win a great cup to score touch two touchdowns in my last game basically a drop the mic moment I said what better what better way to leave than this um, so it, it wasn't a hard decision for me and like I said I had something that I was going to as opposed to just finishing playing and then saying what what's next I had you know I basically June 1st of 2014 I officially retired and that same day I got hired um, on the scouting staff with with uh, Saskatchewan and you know I did some personal appearances but the majority of my job was to do uh, scouting in, in the U.S. And that's where the off-field career began in football. We're going to talk more about that in the second half. We'll also talk maybe a little music and we'll talk about Supermen, all that and more <laughs> in the second half of Antler Up with G. Roy Simon. The Antler Up podcast is recorded in the Joey Moss Championship Suite. The Joey Moss Suite opened in 2022 to honor Joey, his great legacy, and to remember one of Edmonton's greatest heroes. The Joey Moss Suite is a great place to watch an Elks game from. To learn more about how to purchase the Joey Moss Championship Suite for an upcoming Elks game, email partnerships at goelks.com. How did Superman come about, the pose? When was the first <laughs> time you did it? Oh, man. Why? So my son, Jaden, um, he was born September 21st, 2001. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, as your, as your kid grows up, they, you know, he naturally wanted to watch football. So, you know, we had such a close relationship. I said, you know, I want to do something for him on away games that if he's watching a game that, you know, I, you know, he can say, oh, there's daddy. So um, he was into Power Rangers and they have a little stance that they do their, like, you know, hands on their hips and, and put, poke their chest out. Um, but. And then there's the Batman where when they call for Batman, they shine the light and he kind of comes out of the darkness and he's kind of standing there with his chest out. So um, I just I just started doing it. And, and it was for, for him just to see if I score a touchdown, he'll see me on TV. Um, and, you know, it, it, you know, it kind of caught on. I started scoring more touchdowns. And then, you know, they started, instead of Batman or Power Rangers, they started saying it was a Superman post. So um, that's how it came about. I did it for my son, Jaden, and, and uh, just it, it caught on. So I just kept doing it. See, these are the things you learn on Antler Up. The Superman pose is really the Power Ranger pose. That's unbelievable. Yeah, that's a- yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you, you have success and, and, you know, being – somewhat superstitious you know I'm like all right well I scored a touchdown and and I did this so I got to keep doing it every time I score a touchdown and the touchdowns kept coming so um just kind of just kept rolling with it and now it's uh, now it's synonymous <laughs> with G. Roy Simon it's funny because you know uh Aaron Grimes calls me Superman every he doesn't even call me G. Roy he calls me Superman so every time I, I hear it, it I get a little bit of a chuckle well, Aaron, if you're listening, start calling them Power Ranger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, all right, so you move into the, the front office, start scouting in Saskatchewan. After a year there, you go to, back to BC, mm-hmm. and you have a long career in the front office there. Talk to me about scouting. What, what, can you boil it down to the key? What's the key element of scouting and finding players? So the thing for me is, um, and, and, and this would, I, I'm not going to say it's easy, but it's an it's a easy, um, for me, I just compare – what I see in the current players, and I compare it to guys who have had success, and and you know in the past, and guys that I played with, played against. Um, you know, you look for if you want to look for a pass rusher, you can look for um, uh, Brent Johnson type, um, physical. He's not as he's not very tall, but he's strong. He's powerful. You know, he can you can speed the power. He can he can get to the quarterback. He can put, he can push the pack 
a pocket. Or you look for like a Cam Wake. He's he's fast off the edge, explosive. Um, you know, has a bunch of different moves that he can use. Um, receivers, obviously myself, but you know, it's hard for me to find guys that I compare to me. So I look for, you know, guys like Milt Steagle, like Arlen Bruce. Um, um, you know, Alan Pitts, Terry Vaughn, Nick Lewis. Simon? Not, not, not as much me because I think that um, I kind of, I, I, that I was a type of receiver that I didn't do a, a ton of things special. I just evolved my game to be able to catch the ball, be in the right spot. I wasn't the fastest, I wasn't the biggest, I wasn't the strongest, but I did a lot of things very well, and I did them consistently. So. In some ways, I look for that in players, but I look for the speed. I look for the catching ability, you know, catching um, and making contested catches and be able to run by people. Those are the type of things I look for in, in a receiver. So you've been for the last, I don't know, how long has it been, 10, 12 years scouting? No, this is my this is my ninth year. Ninth this year. is okay, my ninth year in scouting and personnel. Ninth year. Uh, <laughs> Has this year been maybe the most challenging because of the injuries that this club – and obviously your role is a little bit more elevated yep. with the Elks and, and you're kind of on the front lines of mm-hmm. getting guys and bringing guys in. But the injuries – first off, you won three games last year, yep. so automatically you're making changes. Right. Uh, then guys dropping like flies and, and hitting the six-game mm-hmm. injury list like crazy, especially yep. early in the mm-hmm. season. Uh, how challenging has that been to go out and find guys to come in and guys that probably – you weren't even thinking about bringing into camp. Yeah. Now are starting, I'm guessing, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, it, it it's challenging in the fact that you know you you have guys that you know you when you when you go out and find guys, you put them in different categories. You put them in top tier guys, guys that are starters, that guys that are practice squad guys, and guys that you wouldn't bring to camp. So um, you know. This year has been challenging in the fact that we've had so many injuries, so many transactions that um, you're almost getting to those, you know, you have your top tier guys who are on the cusp of not only being an NFL, but, you know, being, you know, top level CFL guys. So you're you're constantly fighting to try to get those guys um, and you're battling. Now we're battling the XFL, the USFL and other leagues. So it's it's making it challenging. But. For me, I thought that, you know, I felt very confident coming into this role knowing that I'd been scouting, I'd been on the road um, for for six years, so I have a Rolodex of guys that I can look to. and the biggest the biggest challenge is not not finding them, but getting them, one getting them in the country, um, you know, getting a contract done, and then battling the other leagues. But you know, as far as players, there's there's thousands and thousands yeah. of players out there that I graduate I've seen. every year. Right? Exactly, yeah. it's funny. I've I've heard a coach I can't even remember who it was, a general manager over the years saying we'd have had him on our team two months ago, but he didn't have a passport. Yeah. Yep. And it's it's amazing. Like it's such an easy thing to do and such a thing that most people think of yep. doing, but all of a sudden you got a chance, you come to Canada, I don't have a passport. Well, yep. Don't come to Canada then because you can't get here. Yeah, there's there's so many there's so many different elements that come to it's not just you'll go find a guy and, and sign him. There's like I said, there's the different leagues. There's, you know, him wanting to go to the NFL, then you know, him maybe have a job or he's retired. But then it's immigration. It's finally getting a passport. It's are you vaccinated? And then are you are you a fit for us? So you, you have there's so many different layers that you have to peel back of the onion before you can even get a guy in the country. So um, a lot of the work, a lot of the legwork has to be done on the front end to know that before I put this guy on my list, does he check these boxes? And if he does check these boxes, then I can put him on my list and and have him as a guy that I can potentially bring to Canada. So you've probably helped bring hundreds of guys to the Canadian Football League yep. over the years. Is there one guy out there who you really fought for 
and and has he's been successful in this league, and you can kind of go, that's my guy, Kenny Lawler. <laughs> I um you know I I I was doing West Coast scouting, and um, I saw Kenny uh, play at Cal, and then I was at his pro day. And um, when we brought him to BC in, I think, 2018, he got injured and um, they cut him. And I was like, I was furious. I was like, this guy's our best guy in camp. Um, and we're cutting him because he got a hamstring injury. Like, it happens. This is training camp. It's football. Guys get injured. But at the time, we didn't have room on our roster. So, and, and I wasn't making a decision. All I, all I was doing was giving my opinion, and whatever they did, they did. And when they cut him, I was, I was pretty pissed. And then he goes to Winnipeg, and he has huge success. Um, for, you know, and, and then they won the Grey Cup in, in 2019. So then in 2021, I had a chance to get them back to BC, had a contract basically agreed to, and then, um, you know, it was, it was based on a few things ha- not happening in BC, and then those things happened, and he ended up, he ended up um, going back to Winnipeg and winning another Grey Cup. So And leading the league in receiving. And leading the league in receiving. So when I had the opportunity to get Kenny this year, I was, I, you know, I had a little more juice, a little more power that I said, you know, we're not letting him go. And I, and, you know, me and Chris talked, talked about it at length. I said, you know, if we go after anybody, we got to go after Kenny. And then he gave me the latitude to, you know, to do whatever I need to get him. I remember this funny because um, in recruiting Kenny, I talked to him for almost – two hours on the phone one night, and I was like, I'm not letting you off the phone until you tell me you're coming to Edmonton. And he, he lo and behold, he came. So yeah. he's he's the one guy that I said, um, if, if we have an opportunity to get him, we have to get him. And another one is Nick Dembski. When I, the one the one player that I think that I was responsible for in bringing to Saskatchewan at the time in the draft was Nick Dembski. I went and seen him play four times. I, I thought he was, you know, above and beyond a, the, the player, and I knew he would develop um, based on his, his background and his work ethic. Um, he was a guy that, you know, I said, Brendan, you know, I might not be here, but this is a guy you need to draft, and they ended up drafting him in the first round. Yeah, he's a good player. Dude. Very special. Really good player. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt about that. Uh, all right, so uh, you brought a lot of players to this league. Uh, you end up getting the opportunity to come here. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty natural evolution of your mm-hmm. career, I imagine, right, yeah. in the front office. I know you've had a, a history with Chris Jones. Like, everyone in football <laughs> yeah, seems to have a history yeah. with, with Chris Jones, and uh, it, it, it came together this offseason. Yeah, it was great. It was funny because, um, you know, me and Chris have been friends for – Many years. Um, I think he came into the league in 2002, um, and I was obviously in BC. He was in Montreal. But the way we met is through Scott Milanovic, who, you know, they were in Montreal. Scott was a quarterback coach. You know, uh, Chris was a defensive line coach, and they ended up living together. Um, and obviously, Scott was my college quarterback. So um, we go to Montreal. He introduced me to Chris, and then we just talk every, every time we – um, played against each other, we would just talk. Um, so we we ended up building a friendship. Um, obviously, we were very competitive. He, you know, him as a defensive coordinator and me a player. Um, then once I got in scouting, you know, we we always talked about possibly working together. And it really came about um, in 2019. He was with the Cleveland Browns, and I had flown down to Indianapolis and went to the NFL Combine. We were supposed to, you know, meet up and have lunch, uh, have breakfast for like a half an hour. But we ended up sitting at breakfast for three hours talking about philosophy and how how he how he likes to build a team, what he looks for in scouting, and and all those different things. And 
you know, we leaving that leaving that breakfast, I knew that if the opportunity came about, we we were we were going to work together. Mm, all right, uh, let's get away from football a little bit. <laughs> uh, I, I read a bio on you yesterday when I was <clears throat> prepping for our talk, and it said likes playing pool and listening to BB <laughs> King. Yeah. Uh, tell me about that. Well, first um, off, the pool aspect. <laughs> well, um, my so my grandfather um, owned a pool hall when I was. A, a baby, a young, a young kid, and and you know, in my hometown, playing pool is such a big thing. Um, it's it's like playing basketball. It's like playing football. So it's it's just kind of the thing to do. Um, it's a, it's a small town, twenty twenty five thousand people. Um, not a ton going on. So um, you know, just kind of go to bars and 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 shoot pool um, on on your nights off. So. Um, like I say, if you go to a bar in my hometown and you can't shoot pool, you better get out of there pretty quick because you're going to lose some money. <laughs> are, are you any good now? You I, still yeah, now? yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty good. I yeah. I have my own stick and all that stuff. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't play I don't play often, but so you're I, the guy. I can still, you, you screw the stick together, <laughs> lose the first game, make the bet, exactly. and then take everybody's exactly. money. Exactly, exactly. Eh? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, and then you know, just kind of being like an old soul. You know, BB yeah. King is is is. You know, I just like the blues. I like yeah. the, you know, I like the way it makes me feel. I like the way when he's, and he he's he's hitting the guitar and hitting yeah. those notes. It's just it just makes me feel good. And is that your music, blues? Is that you listen to a lot? I'm more of an R and B. Um, anything that's like very soulful, like you know that you know it's just it's just you just close your eyes and you just feel good, warm and cozy. That's that's the kind of music I like. So um, blues is is one of them. R and B. Um, I'm not a you know I can listen to heavy metal and all that. I can listen I listen to a little bit of rap, but I'm more R and B thug. Is music a big part of your life? Like do you got it going on in the office or do you you got the the earbuds in all the time listening? How how important is music to you? Music is very important. It's obviously it's it's something that soothes me and keep it keeps me relaxed, especially with with all the stress going on as assistant GM, um, dealing with all those coaches and, and Chris. Um, but no, it's it's fun. I mean, we there's always music playing in the coaches' offices and and um, on the on road trips and things like that. So yeah, music is definitely uh, something that's important to to not only myself but my you family. You take any money off of Chris Jones at pool? Have you played him? No, no, we haven't. You know, we're. I guess that's a bad <laughs> thing to do to take money from your. No, boss, right? no, I'd, I'd have to let him win. I'd have to. Let them win, but no, no, we haven't had a chance. Every time we're dealing, we're talking football. I don't know if anybody really knows Chris, but like Chris is fo- football twenty four hours a day, seven yeah. days a week. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> phenomenal that way. We talked about he, your relationship with him and how he's got a relationship with everybody. Uh, when he was here in fourteen and fifteen, and and this year, same thing. You can throw a name of a player at him, yep. and he'll tell you his forty time. He'll exactly. tell you where he went to high school, and I watched him play here. I saw him in the Shrine Bowl, whatever. Like, I don't think there's a football player he doesn't know about. I, who I think it was Deron Carter was up here, yeah. and he said, "I'll go to Chris's office, and he's watching some arena football yeah. game from somewhere." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and next thing you know, the guys in the CFL playing. Right? It's it's funny because Chris does this thing, and I hate it because he's always right. We'll watch film on a guy, and he'll say, "All right." As soon as he says, "All right," I know exactly what he's about to say. He'll say six two, you know, runs a four seven, verticals a thirty five, and and you know, broad jumps eleven, and I'm like. Dang it, he's right again. And and I am dead serious. Every time we're watching a guy, he does it. And he's, I mean, within within an inch of his broad jump, within a quarter inch of his, of his vertical jump, and within, you know, two, a tenth of his 40 time. Like, it's unbelievable. The guys, he's he's unbelievable. And yeah. he's, you know, he's, and, and, you know, for me, 
that's why I wanted to come and with with and, and and work with a guy like Chris because you know, like I said, he's all football all day, all you know, each and every day. So um, I'm learning so much about the game, but also how to put the, how to put a team together, and you know, the do's and don'ts when it comes to um, you know. Running organ, uh, an organization. I, I kind of get the picture uh, about bye week for Chris Jones. He hates <laughs> bye week because there's no practice, but he loves bye week because he can watch more films. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. There, there'll be there'll be a lot of names that we'll be going through over the bye week. All right. Um, last three questions on Antler Up. Three same questions for everybody, G Roy. So you're going to get them now. Uh, your first CFL game you ever saw. Remember it. Oh man, it was actually on ESPN, and it was the I can't I think it was the Calgary Stampeders and and uh, Baltimore Stallions. I, I ended up watching it. It was on. I was at the University of Maryland, and it was on um, in in my dorm room, and it was just just kind of watched it, um, and and you know I was like, hey, that's Doug Flutie. I know that guy. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing how things change too. After For that. sure, how much it became a part of your life. <laughs> exactly. Right? Uh, all right, second question: Your uh, best football memory. Oh man, I've I've had a lot, but I I would say the 2006 Grey Cup. That's probably my best uh uh memory cuz you know, I I never really won anything as a football player, um but winning a championship, that was my first ever big championship. So, mm-hmm. I'd say the 2006 Grey Cup. First to 3, you always remember your first, right? For sure. There you go. <laughs> and uh, last one, biggest name in your phone. Ooh. Probably James Franklin. Uh, Penn State's head coach. All right. That's pretty big. Yeah. Yep. Big yeah. dude. Big name in football. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. All right, uh, Jerry, I appreciate your time, man. It was great to get to know you. Thanks for the stories. And uh, uh, good luck the rest of the way. I know it's been a tough year. Maybe things are going to turn around and we'll get this get this thing going. But. I, I appreciate it. You know, it's it's been a tough year as far as the wins and losses, but we're learning a lot. And, and we're, you know, we're very close as a team. And, and uh, I think we're going to finish the season out the right way. Looking forward to it. He's G. Roy Simon. I'm Morley Scott. We'll catch you next time on Antler Up. Antler Up Edmonton. Touchdown Elks. He'll walk the dog to the end zone. Antler Up Edmonton. Touchdown Elks.